everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with someone who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based company, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch. David. I saw you were in a poop ditch again today. It's There's a theme going on. I saw that you posted that, and I was like... Yeah. What I didn't understand though is I I got it and I saw it, but then all your clothes were really clean. Oh, I stay super clean. So I'm 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 thinking it's a scam. Like your guys were there and then they were you were like, okay, no. I'm going to come over and jump in and then be like, okay. No. Nope. Yeah, I'm in a poop ditch again today. I that's that's a unique thing with me. Like I would work with guys that I swear the first thing they would do is like roll in the mud to feel like they're accomplishing something. Get and grease I will on stay, their face, like yeah. just smear it on there. I'll stay incredibly clean the entire time. It makes cleanup easier. It makes everything easier. How do you so, stay clean? You just don't do you keep slop the... around in it. Oh, you like, mind your P's and Q's? Yeah, like, like you, you get a shovel full of slop. Gonna... You don't just like plop it on the ground. You place it on the ground so it doesn't splatter <laughs> everywhere. And, like, stuff like that. Oh, poop so, smiths are You can hilarious. make it as gross or as clean as it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and this one was. This one was like, bleh. What was it? Uh... When I they, should have asked you before the show, but that's yeah, okay. that's all right. When they <laughs> when they installed their sewer, they must have, uh, well, I, they not must have. They did. Um, they didn't overdig enough, and so the sewer line was sitting right on a rock. Oh, and yeah. then over time, it broke the bottom of the sewer out, and tree roots got in there and filled it all up. Mm. And we couldn't auger through it. We couldn't do anything, and so we cut that section out, and it was like Mount Vesuvius coming out of there with like <laughs> a couple of weeks of stuff. It was gross. <laughs> so, for all of you eating breakfast on the drive to work today, right? Yeah, vomit brought to you by Mitch Smedley. <laughs> if, you, if you enjoyed your oatmeal, you yeah. don't anymore, right? Right. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, uh, that that's uh, keeping with the theme of things, and and ironically, so usually this is Thursday here, people. Uh, usually we record on on Tuesdays. As <laughs> usually we record on Tuesdays as well. And Tuesday I was in another shit filled ditch. But Only we didn't do anything. We Tuesday. didn't record on Tuesday because my son had an orchestra concert. And let me tell you what. Good. Oh man, that's there's a what grade's he in? I can't remember. Uh, seventh grade. So it was bad. It's not pleasant. It was rough. It's rough. And you're in this giant auditorium. It's not like choir where they stand on like risers. Yeah, where you can right? see them. Yeah, so you can't even see my kid. No, it's like going to watch band. You know, it's just they're all in a row. Yeah, yeah. They used to do it like when I first started in sixth grade, fifth grade. So the parents would sit in the bleachers, and then the kids were all on like the basketball floor, and then right. you could see your kid. Right. You know, that yep. was before cameras, though. That's where. <laughs> that's where these used to be. Ah. Now they're at the uh, now, high school now they get auditorium, a f- fancy auditorium. To yeah, go to. So yeah, it was uh, it was rather ear piercing. For anyone that wants to talk about business, it's going to be a while. So just <laughs> listen for a little bit. It'll be maybe it'll be entertained. We could we could start talking about business right now. What How do you want to talk about? Let's what are we talking talk about? about third party vendors and how they are the key to your success <clears throat> or your failure in a new business venture. I know what a third-party vendor is. What's a third-party vendor, Mitch? A third-party vendor would be, like, I'll just use us for an example. We're a plumbing service company. Third-party vendors for us would be, like, our material supplier, um, our excavation rental provider, when we rent excavators to do all of these sewer jobs and stuff. Um Third-party vendors would be the people we buy vehicles from, the people we're buying shelving from for our vehicles, um, the the person that I buy and repair our sewer drain augers with. Um, have a very close relationship with that guy. You kind of have to. Are you a Spartan man? Or yeah. A, yeah? Yeah. Mm. So we got Jason Roby. That's, uh, <laughs> he's your Spartan He's my Spartan guy. Huh? He's awesome, too. Uh, you want to talk about an example of a great third-party vendor. That's right there. Like, yeah. 
Like, I don't even have, I can just text him and say, like, hey, can I get a couple more cables for these machines? And he'll say, sure thing. And three days later, here they are on my doorstep. Jackpot. Yeah. Got them. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's frustrating when you don't have one that's good. Or yeah. you don't have one that's reliable. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're expecting... The problem is your customers expect something from you. And when you have to wait on a third-party vendor to get something, now it puts you in an awkward position if they don't have it. Right. Or they're lazy. Or they can't get it for two weeks. It just makes you... You know, this goes back to the last show we we talked about difficult conversations. It brings up difficult conversations that you shouldn't have to have. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, I I can't get that two-ton AC. It's going to be three or four days. Well, meanwhile, the guy that bid a Linux system over here, his distributor's like, oh, no, I got tons of them. Right. So that customer may just call them and say, hey, you know what? Could cost you a sale right there. Right. Cost you 3000 bucks. Yeah. For nothing. Just... Mm, and it's frustrating. Yeah. When you start losing sales or you start having serious problems, it's really tough. And it's really tough when you don't have a lot of options. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when we first started out in plumbing, there were there was Warren Supply. There, I'm trying to think of all the ones that were around us. Warren, Neenan, Warren, Wynn Nelson, yep. Ferguson. Um, and now it's, I mean, really there's there's two good ones there's neenan and ferguson and that's really kind of it yeah so if if both of them or one of them's you know hosing you around you can't just go down the street anymore right. you just got to deal with it yeah you know and it makes it tough yeah where um you know where i where i think a lot of people go wrong is they're so focused and, and this is we've talked about it in previous shows about opportunities to practice to be the customer you want for your business, um, where a lot of people go wrong is they will price shop to the nth degree and cost themselves relationships and cost themselves <clears throat> dramatic amounts of time and everything just because they're trying to price shop to the nth degree. Yeah, um, they're trying to save 20 cents. So if they if they were literally paying themselves $5 an hour and they price shop so much that they spent a thousand dollars on themselves doing it and they saved a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's a nine hundred dollar hole. Right. People a lot of guys, uh, we know one specifically that he does this all the time. And literally, if he just spent half of his focus on something else, yeah. He you know, make twenty percent more money. Yeah. I mean, just I mean, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. I mean, there's price shopping and then there's taking it to a whole nother level. Yeah. There's there's you know, if if a fitting costs six dollars and then you you call five different places and you can find it for you know 610 590 620 you know okay i got it it's around 6 bucks right yeah so i'm going to price that job based off of that fitting costing around 6 bucks whereas other guys would be like hold on let me see if i can find it cheaper and they'll spend another 15 or 20 minutes trying to find it for like $5 yeah. Right. So it, they'll, they'll, what, what's the cliche saying? They're tripping over dollars to pick up dimes. Yeah. They're so, spending a dollar to save a dime. Yeah. Um, where, dime holding up a dollar. Where we, uh, where we were talking here recently on that show about difficult conversations and the difficult conversation I had to have with our parts supplier, we, we use Ferguson for our parts supplier. Um, they're not known for being the cheapest, right? And you can get on any internet forum out there and hear it until you're blue in the face that Ferguson's not the cheapest. <clears throat> However, they always have it. And and there was a time where they weren't having it and, and they were always out of stock and all this stuff. Well, I had to have that difficult conversation with them and let them know. Well, after we had that conversation, they're right back to where they were before. And that makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, they might be just a little bit more. I actually price shopped them today. I bought, I bought four items. I bought four items um, that were um, right at about fifty bucks each from Ferguson. And then, ironically, four or five hours later, I'm in Home Depot, and I, and I happened to see those exact same items at Home Depot. And at Home Depot, they were like. 44 bucks each, right? So they're $6 cheaper at Home Depot. It's actually 12% cheaper, okay? Yeah. Well, 
It's not a big deal on two, really? on two things, but it's a big deal if you had to have 200. Well, maybe. But, you know, I'm looking at it like Home Depot may or may not always have it. Home Depot's quality is never anywhere near what Ferguson's quality is. And so I'm okay spending the extra money. And it, it just kind of reaffirms it. Yep, Ferguson is just a tad bit more expensive. However, they never let me down. And, you know, every time I go in there, they've got what I need. So, um, and they haven't, I mean, they don't, for all I know, they're going to get mad that I'm talking about them like that, but I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing them. I'm they just, can't, they yeah. can't sue us. They're not a sponsor of the show. I we're guess not is what make, I'm trying to say. We're not making any money. Yeah. What are they going to do? We're going <laughs> to shut you down. Why? <laughs> You're not getting anything. Right. You know, right. what um, I hate is, <clears throat> and this gets back to the other, uh, the show we just had too, is guys will literally, I've seen it happen. They'll be at, um, I'm not going to say any of the ones I work at or for, but they'll be, uh, say they're going to be buying a jug of refrigerant, okay? And say the jug of refrigerant's $400. Right. And they'll call, call down to North Kansas City and be like, oh, we've got it for 380 Oh, okay. Well, I don't want that. I'm going to go down here and get it. And they will literally leave, drive for 20 minutes, get it, drive 20 minutes back, and spend gas money to save $20. Right. Even if you weren't paying yourself an hourly wage, you've lost money and time in the day. Yeah. I try to tell guys all the time, you cannot buy more time. Right. This talk, this gets into life. This gets into everything. When you, whether you're super rich or super poor, at the end is the end. Yep. Okay. You cannot buy more time. Yep. Same thing in day during the day in business. You cannot buy more time. If a job has to be done by this, you're not get. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Yeah. It's over. So try. Don't just think of it as money. Think of it as time, as in you're trying to save it. And we talked about that in the other show. That's what I was getting at about um, guys that uh, seem very productive versus guys that don't. Sometimes they're using that. Okay, yeah. Do I really want to drive down there and waste an hour to save? Say it's fifty bucks. It's still saving you more money. Exactly. To just spend the fifty bucks and move on with your life. And wear and tear on your vehicle and everything yeah. else. And right. Get, and getting to the next call. Yep. Getting. Say you could get another call in that day. Guess what? You just made that fifty bucks plus back. Yeah. And guys, they have a real difficult time when it comes to spending money and seeing it as a broader vision. Mm-hmm. You know. And I, it took me a long time to realize that. You yep. know, I was trying to pinch pennies. I, you know, I don't have money for this. I don't have money for that. And then you sit down and you think about it, and you've had a couple beers, and you're like, man, I burned up an hour and a half today doing literally nothing. Right. And just, I mean, wasted all that time. I could have been doing this, or I could have been doing that. And if I'm in a customer's home for an hour and a half, how much are they paying me, right? So then then you call that like an opportunity cost of how much did it actually cost me to save 20 bucks on this venture across town? So um, I, I operate out of like so our price book is built off of the pricing that we get from Ferguson for our plumbing parts right and the price is the price it is what it is Ferguson just sent me an email the other day PVC fittings are going up another 8% you know it's it's just it is what it is 4 inch PVC pipe $8 <clears throat> a foot yeah what? i i adjust my pricing <laughs> it used to be a dollar <laughs> i adjust my pricing and i move on yeah right I don't let, you know, these guys are griping about, oh, the price of, you know, I'm going to go out of business and the price of fittings and all this stuff. Like, guys, material pricing is not your problem. No. It's your customer's problem. Yeah. And that gets to control the things you can control. Right. That's one of those things. And look, we're not saying it's easy because it is hard. It's hard, especially you have a big customer that does a lot of work and that little pricing, like in your industry or yeah, your, but- what you do specifically all of those increases aren't going on a big invoice for one big customer. You know, right. it's broke up. It's a little easier. Say you're in new construction, and that means it's the price of a house went up 15%, and you're doing 20 houses a year for a guy. I mean, that's a big chunk of money for him. It is. And that, I see why guys stress about it is my point. And, uh, I mean, it is tough. you got to yeah. figure out, you know. If, if you're doing new construction work, then you just need to be writing your pricing that the this price is based off material pricing as of this day. Yeah. And depending on when this project starts, the bid price will reflect any changes in material pricing based off of when the project starts. So that way you put the accountability back on the builder. 
Say, look, if you drag your feet four months before this starts and the pricing of material went up 8% for four months in a row, well, guess what? My bid just went up to reflect yeah. that over those four months. When, but that's that goes to my <clears throat> point of why guys stress out about it. So say they say you do do that <clears throat> and say, hey, this is my bid, this is my price, and then it goes, and they're worried about it the whole time, and it goes four months. They're like, man, are we going to start that job or what? And then the builder says, okay, we're going to start to this. I need new pricing. Right. Well, that guy's already nervous and has anxiety because he already knows in his mind, you know, the builder may come to me and say, no, I'm not going to pay that and go look at someone else. Right. That's where that comes from. And yeah. I mean, I get it, but it is the responsible thing for you to do is what you just said. You know, you've got to have that in writing and say, hey, yeah, guys, this is where we're at. And, and I know a lot of guys, that's what they're doing now. They're yeah. like, hey, and when you get prices from, <laughs> I have a funny example of it, um, when you get prices from... Uh, Ferguson or Neenan or wherever, um, they'll put a date on there now. Yeah. Good till what? Good till what? You know what? what? And yep. those dates are getting closer and closer. I'm not kidding you. We priced out some uh, stuff the other day, and literally we got it on May 5th, and it said on there, this price is good till May 4th. And I'm like... <laughs> Are you, yeah, this price is good till yesterday. Are you freaking <laughs> kidding me? I'm like, what? I'm like, surely that's a like, you know, somebody just screwed up. But it's like, right. come on, man. Yeah. That's basically where we're at right now. Yeah, the way the economy's going. They're they're thanks, super Joe, fast with it. You know, yeah. thanks for that, buddy. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> uh, the um, the the easiest way to handle all of that is. You just have to split up, like, how much are you making on your jobs and how much is material costing? And then you hold what you're making. Like, you can control your your labor portion of things, right? So you hold that fairly steady, but your price can move to reflect the material cost quite a bit. So let me just use, like, round numbers, like, for what we do. Um, <clears throat> let's say I'm going to do <clears throat> something, do some form of repair where there is... $350 in material cost and $50 in, or I'm sorry, $350 in labor costs or labor charges to the customer and $50 in material charges to the customer. We don't split that out in our invoices. We bundle all that together. So yeah. that repair would be a $400 repair, right? Well, on the back side <clears> of things, on my side of the price book, I can see the difference, right? I can see that we've got $350 for labor, and we've got $50 for material. Well, when my vendor comes up and has an 8% price increase on material, well, all I have to do is adjust my material pricing in the book, and now instead of $50, it's $54. And so now that repair goes from $400 to $404. And it doesn't really, you know, my labor doesn't change because the material pricing went up. And so I'm still making the same amount of money. I'm still covering my material costs. And I've passed that material pricing increase on to the end consumer. Uh, and that's who really should do it. And if you're of the mindset that, um, that that's who really should pay for it. And if you're of the mindset that, um, that you should somehow be eating rising material costs because it's, it's not for your customer you're to pay not, for. You're not going to make it, bro. You're not going to make it in business <laughs> beyond the week. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately. You're going to be spending all your profit to make your customer happy. Right. Or to right. keep your price down. Yeah. You're, and you're, you're not going to make it. So what you were afraid of happening is happening. Yeah. You know, if you're afraid you're going to go out of business, so you keep your prices down, but then you go out of business because you ate up all your profit, you're still out of business. Yeah. Yeah. Your fears will I mean, become reality really fast there. Yeah. Um, so, so I do it that way. I have a very simple spreadsheet that I track all of that material cost on, and it, and it handles that really, really well. It helps that I have a vendor that reciprocates that. Um, the, we do that with all of our vendors. We like when we rent a, a machine to dig a sewer, we factor that into our cost and those machine rental prices are going up like crazy, you know, with the price of gas going up and they have to deliver them out to us and everything else. And so, you know, we just factor it in. And so our, our price for a sewer replacement went up a little bit because the cost of an excavator to rent went up a little bit. Um, so, like, step one for having successful vendors, successful third-party vendors, is going to be to understand that their price is just, like, you're passing their price right through you and on to the customer. 
And if their prices move up and down, your price with the customer needs to move up and down and fairly quickly. The, the safety net there is marking up their price a little bit. So like when, when I get an email from Ferguson that tells me that PVC pipe's going up 8%, I don't sweat it. Like Just update what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm marking up my material well over 8%. So um, they can. it just means I'm making a tad bit less money on the material until I adjust my prices. Yeah. So it, it you know, Ferguson sends me those emails and it gives me a moment to say, yeah. okay, I need to carve out some time and update my pricing again. Let me ask you a question because this was brought up to me. Say, <clears throat> say material cost is $100 mm-hmm. and you mark that up 10%. Okay, that's 10 bucks, right? That price goes up to $150 but your markup is still 10%, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's 50, so you're making $15 on that. Yeah, okay, that's right. that's good for you, yeah. right? What happens when the people you know, the people that you're doing work for know that you mark up price mm-hmm. and then they come to you and they say, "Hey, look, I was having to pay a markup of this and it was costing me X." And now every time that that price goes up, I'm actually paying you more mm-hmm. for the same piece of pipe that I was getting before. Not just beca- not just more of the inflation price of it or the price going up, mm-hmm. but also your profit margin is going up on that pro- on that pipe. Well, your profit you, margin's not because you're staying. You're maintaining. You're right. Your, your margins. Market. Your margins not. But what he's paying for mm-hmm. that piece of pipe is a higher percentage. Than what he was paying before. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. And and now he's he he's a smart guy, right? He knows. And now he's thinking, man. So he's he's marking it up, but instead of making ten dollars, he's making fifteen. Oh, it's gone up again. Instead of him making ten dollars, he's making twenty. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to foot that. Like the company's not, right. but I am. So if I go get it myself, why would I continue to pay you to do that? Right. Is basically that was what he was saying, and I get it. I was like. Yeah, I I understand. I mean, I get it. Yeah. You know, he's like, so if it keeps going like this, and I've been seeing this trend for a year, a year and a half, two years, and I just keep going with it, I mean, how do I overcome that? What's the conversation you have with him is my real question. The So the conversation that I would have is that we, the reason we mark our material pricing up is because that's what allows us, for one, the overhead that it takes to round the material up, um, for two... Um, that allows us to warranty that material. So, um, and, and in full disclosure, I don't have any piece of material that I only mark up 10%. We mark our material up by, like, a lot. Yeah. Um, I was just saying that for yeah easy math. Yeah. Most um, guys are double. You know, the rule of the, yeah. the rule of thumb in the early 2000s was double. Yeah. You know, on the, really small stuff, it was times three. You know, just depending on what it was. Right. And, and so that's, I've got a sliding scale. So like my spreadsheet with all of my pricing in it, it's set so that items between $1 and $5 are marked up at a different rate yeah. than items that are $500. Yeah. Right? Um, and so, uh, but they're all marked up. Um, and, and the reason we mark up uh, material is not so that the business can make extra money. It's so the business can afford to be the material supplier to the customer. It costs um, a lot of money to get that stuff, stock that stuff, do yeah. all that. It's you're marking up a equi- or price. Uh, I say equipment because I'm HVAC equipment and parts and stuff, so that it doesn't cost you money, extra money to have them. Right. That's right. why that stuff's marked up. Yeah, our trucks carry fourteen thousand dollars in inventory on them. And there's there's carrying costs with that, right? So for one, the business has to have fourteen thousand dollars to buy it all. That's that's why we mark it up. Um, for two, our trucks are a lot less fuel efficient when you load them down with fourteen thousand dollars in material. That's part of why we mark it up is to cover the fuel bill. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then for three, we have to go to the supply house and replenish all of that material. That's time that we're not being paid for. So that's why we mark it up. Yeah. Um, I've never had a customer hit that point, like what you just did there with uh, 
you know, as material cost increases and your markup stays the same, you actually are making more with yeah. this. Um, but well, and not, I, I would imagine you would get that on like a larger commercial account. Commercial account or somewhere where you do a lot of work consistently. Yeah. Somebody, someone that's spending a lot of money on your company every year yep. and they're smart enough to sift through all the invoices and they're, you know, maybe they do a lot of stuff on their own also. So they're going, getting parts and doing, you know, a little maintenance here and there. And, you know, guys, guys aren't stupid, you yep. know, and you just, I bring it up because it was a, it wasn't an awkward conversation to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it, I, you know, I see what's going on and he did too. And the guy still uses us. I yeah. mean, you know, but he's just like, Hey, where's the point of, enough's enough yep. you know where i mean if i spend you know i've had guys say stuff like if i spend over this on material do i get a break and i know lots of companies that give that break but i mean we're talking about a lot of money yeah. for a lot of big material yes you know you right. should get, probably give them a break right you know if they're buying that much material from you is labor going to be no they're still paying the same in labor yeah it's just you know and i've i've done work for guys i don't like doing it I've only done it a few times where they um, say they had an account. They were big enough. They had an account somewhere and purchased the material on their own, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I just, I don't do it on a hourly scale. It was bid scale. I would always just work a little bit of that, you know, for, you know, miscellaneous, try to, you know, get a few of those bucks back. Right. You know, you just got to be thinking about all that different stuff in those scenarios when you're dealing with those vendors. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, you know, we, we have customers all the time that'll ask us like, well, how much is it if I provide my own dot, 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 you know, toilets is a very, very common one. Right? Yeah. Cause they can all go to home Depot can, and get that American standard 12 golf ball flush toilet for, I don't know what it is. Now. Right. Right. And so we, we just, you know, we let them like, we have two prices for toilets. One is for a toilet we provide and one is for a toilet you provide. And those prices are about 350 bucks different. Yeah. So we, I mean, we're, we're full disclosure. You're going to spend 350 more for a toilet that we provide. And they'll, they'll say, was the toilet cost that much? No, you can go buy one at home Depot for like 200 bucks. Yeah. But you're spending the time to go buy it. But do you want to go drive up to home Depot? Do you want to, and, and also at home Depot, they all come in one box. Yeah. They're heavy. You know, when we buy them, it's three yeah. different boxes. You got the tank in one box, the bowl in one box and the yeah. seat in another. A lot easier to can't yeah. handle. So if you want to go through all the hassle it takes to save 150 bucks, then have at it. And guess what? When that thing has an issue, exactly, you're not handling the warranty on that. You're right. going to tell them, hey, look, if this has an issue and it's not something we caused, like if there's not a leak between the supply tube and the valve and there's not a leak at the wax ring, it's on you. Right. You're going to have to call. You're going to have to deal with it. Will we come out and repair it? Of course we will. Right. We're going to charge you to work on it. Yeah. It's not going to be under warranty. Yeah. Most of the time, people will say, okay, yeah, just... Yeah. And and usually, you never even have to dive that deep into the conversation. No, you and, don't. And you, if you find yourself having to dive that deep into the conversation, it's probably because you steered the conversation in that direction because you personally have a problem marking up material. Like, you you aren't okay with it. Yeah, and you feel guilty about it. You feel it. guilty about Don't it. Don't right? feel guilty about marking Never, up your equipment. Never ever guys. feel guilty about marking it up. Yeah. So I mean, like literally we will like I mean, our our modifier for five dollar items and less is we mark them up times four. Yeah. So when we're buying five dollar items, we're selling them to the customer for twenty dollars. Yeah. It's I mean, look at it this way. They're gonna pay twenty dollars to have freaking McDonald's delivered to their house. They're 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 going to spend twenty dollars <laughs> to avoid going through a drive through. They will ha- they will not have a problem at all giving you twenty dollars for a five dollar flapper. Yeah, they can go to Home Depot and buy that flapper. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know that's that's how we handle it. Now we don't mark up our water heaters times four, right? No. They're, they're you know it's a much more expensive item, so they're reduced down. But yeah, you can't price yourself out. Yeah. So. And, and the reason we've kind of dove deep into the pricing side of things is because in order for you to be successful with your third-party vendors, like your material suppliers and stuff like that, most of that success hinges upon your mindset and your mentality of how are you using that vendor. Um, 
if you're constantly searching for the cheapest vendor out there, you're not going to ever see success with a vendor. You're going you're gonna to always and forever, let's say you have four different places to buy material from, but if you're the price shopper that's constantly comparing prices, you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth with all four of them because you're going to remember the one time where they were the highest on this or the one time where the other place was the highest on that yeah. or, or whatever. And, and so it just puts you into the mode of they're out here to screw me and I've got a, I've got a price shop. It's like, like yeah. the rising cost of gas right now, right? I was, yeah. I was looking at a community page on Facebook and somebody mentioned like gas just hit $4 a gallon here in Kansas city. Yeah. And you know, it's all this uproar, right? Well, somebody posted the other day, Oh, gas is three seventy nine over here. You know, hurry as if they're going to like run out or whatever. Maybe they'll change the price. I don't know, <laughs> but okay. So it's 20 cents cheaper. How many gallons of gas do you think an average car holds? I'd say the average is probably 20 gallon tank, 20 gallon tank. So that's four bucks. Yeah, these people are going to go way out of their way to drive across town to save four to bucks. save four fucking dollars. Like yeah. that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, right. Those are the people that are never ever happy. Yeah, with... and if it's four dollars a gallon and their car gets twenty miles to the gallon and it takes them twenty one miles to get there, right? You just cost yourself money. Yeah, and time. Yeah, that gets back to what we were talking about earlier: time management. Yeah, I mean, you just. It, I don't know what causes people to do that, but it it makes people insane. It, yeah, it drives. Yeah. They just they are insane about certain things, and they will just do it. Yeah, you know, and and therefore they will never have a successful relationship with that vendor because they think the vendor's always trying to screw them. Whereas I've gone the other way with it. Like we literally our whole hog, everything we get is from Ferguson, and they know this. And 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 like the only time we will not buy from them is if we need a specialty item that they don't carry or. If we run out of something and it just doesn't make sense to drive 40 minutes to Ferguson when another vendor might be five minutes away, like yeah. we don't even price shop. We just, time just, is money. Just we go, go there to the closest vendor and we yeah. get it, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, it makes, if you think that these vendors don't talk to each other or move from one place to another or or other plumbers don't talk about you, it gets around real quick when you're the shysty cheapskate yeah. that's calling everybody. And a lot of those guys will be like, you know what? When they call, I'm adding. They can go. Yep. Guys, listen. They can go into their computer and add or take off money whenever they want. Yep. Okay? So if don't be a dick. Yeah. Because it may cost you $4 per item from now until you retire. Yeah. You may have pissed one guy off, and he's a real passive-aggressive person, and he's like, I'm changing his multiplier. He may never even notice. Click, yeah. click. Guess what? He could have cost you $20,000 over a 10-year span right. just because you were price shopping him to save $0.04 cents and then were an asshole about it after. Right, right. You're annoying when you do that, right? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> another thing, like with Ferguson, we just bought all of our plumbers uh, pro-pressed machines, right? And <sighs> Losers. And if, you're, if you're not a plumber listening to this show, a pro-pressed machine allows you to make water pipe connections without using flame and torch and solder and all that kind of stuff. It's for plumbers that aren't plumbers. Got it. Check. Sure. Understood. <laughs> Dave's firing <laughs> shots over the bow until <laughs> he learns that they make them for HVAC, too. I know they do, and I um, refuse to use them. So uh, we it, just... It pains me to use PEX. Let's just say oh, that. Oh, man. I like... I like the smell of flux and burnt flux and burnt solder and burnt copper. Yeah. So. Um, so we just got all of our plumbers these ProPress machines, right? And so I'm looking at buying quite a few ProPress machines. You know, a lot of guys are like, oh, can I get a deal? I'm getting one. Well, we're buying, like, multiples. They're and so heavy, too. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Our, we got the small, compact ones. Two-inch jaw on that thing. Um you know, they, they were talking, they, they had this deal coming out. They were going to have, like, the, the we got Milwaukee brand pro presses, and they were going to have, like, this Milwaukee vendor event it's coming up in six weeks. You know, be ready. Everything you buy is going to be, like, 10% off yeah. that day, right? Yeah, we're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs. Yeah. Come out and check it out. And and I had already made the decision that we were going to buy these pro press machines, and so I talked to my contacts there at Ferguson, and I say, hey, um, I was going to buy these. However, I see that you're having this event where they're 10% off in six weeks. I want them now, but I want the 10% off too. Like I, I budgeted for them to buy them now. Yeah. I just, I don't want to wait six weeks for them, but I want the, t like it seems silly that you're going to give me 10% off if I wait six weeks. Yeah. Right. 
And so they were like, don't worry about it. We got you. And that company says that a lot about stuff. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I don't even buy a lot from yeah. them. And and so I, uh, I'm like, are, are you sure? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Don't worry. So here, three or four days later, they order them. Three or four days later, they show up. And here I'm walking out with cartfuls of pro presses. And, um, and they're like, we're not even, like, we're just going to pin the invoice in. We're going to date it for the day of that thing. Like, you don't even owe us anything until that day. And I'm like, I'm happy to pay now. Like, I, like they're they're telling me not to even pay for six weeks. Jackpot. And I'm like, I'm a ha- I, I just Free wanted the 10% doubt. And they progress. said, no, just wait. Well, over the six weeks, they kept coming out with more promos and more promos. And then, like, the more you spent, the more promo you got and everything else. We ended up getting 10% off and $350 off each machine. Jackpot. Yeah. And it's all because I was very direct and very clear with my vendor. I wasn't asking for anything crazy. Yeah. Right? I Like, I'm telling them, I want to spend a bunch of money with you, but I see that you have this 10% thing off coming here since six weeks. Yeah. I'd like to have the product now, but I kind of want that, like, you know. And, and they're like, we, we got it. We totally got it. So keeping those honest, honest relationships, and, and Ferguson knows that I shop everything with them. So, like, they're happy to take care of me on things like that. So you end up getting better deals when you show some loyalty and some allegiance to your vendors. Um, the, your vendors are more willing to work uh, work harder for your business, even though they know they have it. And they're more willing to bend over backwards for you when when they know that you have some allegiance there. So, And they also highly respect you when you do have those difficult conversations with them. Because it, set, it sets the tone that you're not going to get walked over. Yeah. And another thing, too, is if you have good relationships with your vendors, when because they sell to walk-ins. When walk-ins mm-hmm. come in and say, do you recommend a plumber? Yep. Guess what? Yeah. They're giving out your name. Yeah. Okay? If you treat them with respect, they like you. I know it sounds so stupid high school crap. Well, if they like you, then well, you know what? Unfortunately, real life is kind of like high school sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You just, I mean, you set those relationships up. If it gets you three sales, yeah. I mean, th- those were just sales you weren't going to have. And all you had to do was do the right thing, was not be a dick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like not, not bust their chops over them being 5% higher on price on something. Yeah. So all yeah. you had to do is be respectful and stay in your lane and yeah. you got more business. Yeah. You know, and that gets back to the mindset of um, just, I don't want to say millionaire mindset that we've talked about before, but it's just the mindset of do try to do the right thoughtful thing all the time, mm-hmm. no matter the situations, be conscious of where you're at, what's going on, what your customers think, what vendors think, what right. other plumbers think about you or other lawnmowers or whatever your trade you're in. Yeah. You know, just be conscious and be aware of all of those different things and it will work out for you 99% of the time. Right. Right. Yeah, the, uh, um, the the opportunities for you to be a customer, be like a customer that you want for your business are there every day. And you'll realize, just just like, you know, every, everyone out here or everyone listening, if I told you, like, who's your best customer? You're going you're gonna to immediately picture a customer that is super easy to work with, that never gripes about the bill, that pays on time. Calls you back all the time. Calls you back, right? Yeah. Go be that guy. That guy could shop you around. That guy could find a cheaper price. That guy could nickel and dime you on every invoice. Well, if he did that, he's not your best customer. Yeah. Right? Who's the customer you're willing to bend over backwards for? It's that guy. Yeah. So be that customer with your vendors. And if you do that, man, it's it's it changes the game wildly. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it just changes the game immensely. Well, another thing that I do with our vendors is I hate the idea of like net terms on, on vendors. Yeah. Um, I, I look at it like customers have paid me for the parts. Customers paid me for the work. And here you aren't asking for money for 30 days plus, right? Like you're going to wait until 15th of the next month before you're asking me for money. That just doesn't set well with me. So I we worked up a deal mm. where we pay our vendor weekly. Like, literally, every invoice, every item that we've bought that they've processed an invoice on, we'll go through all of last week's items that are all of the last week's invoices that they've processed. And then every Wednesday, we pay our, our Ferguson bill every Wednesday. 
Um, and so, like, we have an account with them. The account's not even ever in, like, it, it, it's never, it, it's always in the positive, I guess I should say, because... Yeah, because credits and whatnot. And yeah, that. like, there's there's never a moment where we've even had to hit the term, right? Because we're always just yeah. weeks out. And, and there's times where we are, you know, cash flow heavy or cash flow poor. And so um, there was a time where I had to add another plumber to the crew, and I did that sooner than I was expecting. And so we were at a cash flow point where I wasn't quite ready to plunk down 14000 on material. And so I told her, uh, my, my sales lady, I said, I need to buy 14000 in material. Um, I'm just giving you a heads up now. I probably won't have this paid next week like every other invoice. Like, I may actually run you to your net 30 terms on this one. Yeah. And they're like, dude, you're totally... F-. Like, everyone else, like, we're calling them 90 days later, yeah. begging them to pay us. Yeah. If you have to go to the standard term on this one, it's fine. You'll right? be fine. And, and sure enough, we never even had to do that. It was like two or three weeks later, and we got them all squared away. But um, that is... Those are the types of things that happen when you show some allegiance to your vendors. You're yeah. going to get vendors that are bending over backwards for you and make you look really, really good to your customers. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I hated having accounts like that. So I all, I just had a company credit card. Right. Because I hated that, you know, one vendor would send, you'd get them on the 5th. You know, one, you'd get them on the 15th. Or if it was a big one, like you said, and, and they're just rolling them, you know, on their term, you may get two in one month or you'd get this. Yeah. So I shut all the accounts down, got one credit card, yep. and then I used that because I knew that that came the first of every, I think it was the 12th or something, but 12th of every month. Yep. And then I could, I had a paper copy that I could verify all my receipts on and then I could write one check yep. and everything was done that way. And I, I liked getting the points. I yeah. had a Cabela's card, yep. you know, so then I got free guns and ammo and what else. Who I doesn't think, love free guns? Yeah. <laughs> I think, and I think for me at the time, um, I'll just be humble here. It was easier for me to do that yeah. because I didn't know how to keep track of all that stuff. Dude, is it like I should have? And I didn't have a secretary, so it was easier for me to just get that card. Yep. You know, the Dave Ramsey program is never have a credit card ever in the history of mankind. Well, you know what? I don't. His, his I don't agree with that one. Well, his program's for personal. It's not for business. Yeah, I like to be able to have all that stuff in one whack. And I know lots of guys that do it that way, and that's how I got the idea. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, I was like, man, I got you know, I got this, I got this, and I, you know, I'm running calls, I'm answering the phone. How am I going to, you know, organize all that? And I, literally, like a light bulb came on. I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go to my personal bank? And say, hey, I need a business credit card, and I need it to have X limit on it. Mm-hmm. Will you guys do that? <laughs> Signed Done. up to the one dealer. Like, here you go. Right. You know, and it was so much easier for me. So, guys, if you're thinking about, oh, say you have ten vendors, and they're all coming at different times, maybe do it that way. Yeah, if it's you're a lot a, easier. If you're a one man show, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Yeah, for um, sure. We we did the account thing because we always knew we wouldn't always be a one man show, and I didn't want to give everybody company credit cards. Well, and you have <laughs> well, and you have a staff. Yeah, you know, you have someone that can keep track of all that stuff. It's easier. You're right. not trying to juggle all that yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. If you're a one man show, that is that is no doubt the easiest way to handle. It's that the easiest sure. way. And if so. you like free stuff, you know, I know guys that literally own that do two million dollars a year and have black cards, and they l- seriously put everything on it. Yeah. Everything on it. Yeah. And they're literally getting, you know, $10,000 a year in free stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a little bit more and you have to have some deep pockets to get that credit card that's worth, that's got, you know, an $80,000 limit or 50 or whatever, you know, whatever they've got on them. Right. But, you know, if you ever get there, get there, hey. Yeah. Free miles. Going to Hawaii, baby. Yeah. Yeah, You you know, whatever you get. Send the family on a trip for... Maybe get that. What's the one card that's got the one and a half percent cash back? I mean, that's cash back right off the top. Right. <laughs> Free money, baby. Coming back. Yeah. Coming back. Buy um, yourself something nice. The, the, so, so what we're getting at with this whole show is that your success with customers relies on your ability to have great relationship with your vendors. And your ability to have great relationship with your vendors relies a lot on the mindset at which you enter that vendor's business with. So look at them, um, look at them like they're there to help you, not screw you, and set your pricing up in a way 
that you're basically just adding on top of whatever the vendor's price is. And that allows you to look at them a little bit easier. And, you know, Ferguson's price is higher than everywhere else. I don't care because my pricing is built to handle it. So it's, it, it just, it just gets passed off. Yeah. Right. So, so that helps. Um, if you do that with all of your vendors or have some kind of a system like that with all of your vendors, it will help dramatically. So the only ones that doesn't work with are like what I would call like dead cost vendors. Um, vendors where you have to buy something and you're not, it's like a true overhead cost of the business. For instance, like where we get our uniforms from, you know, I could shop around and maybe try to get our uniforms a little bit cheaper because I'm not able to like mark that up or anything. Yeah. It's just raw overhead cost. Yeah. Um, what we're paying for cell phone plans and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, I may be able to find that cheaper. Yeah, but that doesn't so. necessarily directly correlate to the customer's experience. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, when we first started talking about, you know, doing this show, I was thinking of a specific example of, like, say you didn't have a water heater on your truck. Mm-hmm. And these were questions I was going to ask Mitch. Say you didn't have a water heater on your truck, and you told the customer, okay, I'm going to yank this out. They're supposed to be bringing me one here in an hour. You know, you have your guy show up. You've got that one yanked out. The vendor calls and says, hey, we don't have that. Something right. got screwed up. And now you're in serious frustration, pissed yep. off mode. Yep. The customer thinks it's coming. You've already told the customer it's coming. Yep. You've already quoted the customer a price based off of their price, and now you're not going to get it at all. Right. I mean, what, I mean, what do you do? Do you just do you just get on the horn and start calling other vendors and trying to get it as fast as you can? Do you go up to Home Depot and then how do you handle that God, with the no. customer? <laughs> uh, well, for one, the hey, first off, uh, Home Depot sells A.O. Smith now. Don't uh, no. Yes. Well, state they sell it. No, it's it, well. Is it A.O. Lowe's, Lowe's sells A.O. Smith. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, but it is not. Yeah. It is not an A.O. Smith water heater like what you're seeing in a professional plumbing supply store. Yeah, they're the same junk. Uh, no. Still the same liner. So I happen to be friends, while we're on this tangent, I happen to be friends with the Honeywell representative. Okay? Um, Honeywell makes the gas control valves for a lot of water heaters. Yeah. Right? Honeywell makes me so mad. So I noticed, uh, I was doing some work in their personal home, and I noticed, like, a lot of the water heater control valve failures I go on are on on water heaters that originated from a box store. These aren't like professional plumbing. Like they, they're different units, right? Yes. And, and you that can control tell. valve is a hundred percent different. Yeah. And so, like we we've known for years that they're making the steel cheaper. They're, the glass lining in the tank is cheaper. All of the brass parts are cheaper. A lot of the brass parts have been replaced with plastic parts, which are cheaper. Like every part of that tank is cheaper. It's so they can sell more of them later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it went out. I've got to replace it. What do I do? I go buy another one. Yeah, it's the consumable market, right? Yeah. Well, I never dreamed that Honeywell would make a completely different control valve because they look identical. I didn't dream that Honeywell would make a completely different control valve. Well, I asked this rep. I'm like, hey, all these control valve failures I see, they're on like box store water heaters. I never see failed control valves on professional plumbing supply store water heaters. And they were like, yeah. It's it's different, and let me make a phone call real quick, and I'll tell you the, the parts that are different. And she makes a phone call, calls me right, or, you know, I'm standing in her house. She, you know, hits me right back, and she's like, yeah, this part's different, this part's different, and this part's different. So, yeah, they'll fail faster. I'm like, holy shit. So that's that's why you want to avoid buying a lot of stuff from Home Depot is let's, because it's truly inferior let's, product. Let's talk about that real quick. The fact that they would do that drives me insane. Yes, absolutely. That is not That is not... The right thing to do. No, from a from someone. Oh man, it makes me so mad. I can't even think of the right words to say. Why would you do that? You do would do that to intentionally screw money. people. You would do it to intentionally screw people. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing to make more money. There's 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 a way to make more money, and then there's a the wrong way to make more money. That's the wrong way to make more money. That is that is driven by corporate greed. Yeah, which is driven by trying to squeeze an extra margin point over here, yeah. and trying to squeeze an extra margin point over here, and you know, yeah, we're going to try and sell more units, but if we can also make more on the units we are currently selling, then we look good to our shareholders. Yeah, and instead of 
giving better customer service. We're going to make cheaper parts. We're going to make cheaper parts. Yeah. So um, that is a corporate level example of looking at your vendors poorly, right? Yeah. Instead of, instead of telling your vendors like charge what you have to charge, give me good product, be there for me and my customers. They're going the other way. Yeah. They're going, I don't want to pay that. I need cheap. I need cheaper. I need cheaper. I need cheaper. And look at the end result. Yeah. I mean, literally, I, I walked into uh, to Home Depot the other day, and there's five failed water heaters sitting at the door that people have dropped <laughs> off under warranty. There ain't five how... failed water heaters sitting at the professional plumbing supply store, and they sell a hell of a lot more of them. I love how they, <sighs> they say right on the box, do not take this back to the store. <sighs> yeah. I'm taking that dude back you to the store every I time, am. and I'm dropping it off in the front and saying, yeah. where's my next water heater? Yeah. That's it, it's just you, you can't be making money that way, right? Honeywell can't be making money that way. Home Depot and Lowe's can't be making. I mean, they're making money on their other stuff, yeah, but on those, they can't be making money. I'm not even going to try to figure that part out. I, they can't. They just yeah. can't. If you sell five and one stays in, and you have to return four, how have you made money? Yeah. Even I, the raw costs alone, you can't. Not to mention the guys unloading it, the guys you have to have there to sell it. I mean, it's just it yep. blows my mind. Yeah. That's not a that's not a section of business I want to be in. No, so, it's not. Now I can't even remember where we were going before we got on that tangent. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Does it matter? No, I don't think it does. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, guys, to kind of wrap this up here a little bit, look at your vendors like they're to help you be incredibly successful in business. Don't look at your vendors like they're cutting into your profits. Uh, your vendors are what's allowing you to make profit. They're supplying you with the pieces that you need to make profit. So if you can look at them in that light, you're going to have a lot better relationship with your vendors, and that is going to transfer over to your relationship with your customers, and you're going to have a lot better relationship with your customers. So treat your vendors well. Be a customer of your vendors just like you would want your customers to be of you, and you're going to start seeing a lot more success if you do that. Agreed. Yeah. So, guys, Simply that, said. that wraps it up for this show. Um, uh, do us a favor. If you like what you've heard on this show, if this show brought you some some good value, some good information, um, do us a favor and share this show with somebody else who might need it. Uh, you guys are all out there on different various platforms and Facebook groups and social media groups and everything else. If you see if somebody on one of those groups commenting, asking newer business questions, please do us a favor and drop them a link to the show. Um, you can find us on Facebook. If you, if you want to find us on Facebook, we are at Podcast The Void. Um, you'll see our Void logo on there. Um, and uh, if you want to tag us on Facebook, you simply just do the at symbol and then Podcast The Void. So uh, that's how you can share our shows really well. Uh, another way that you can do it is whatever platform you're listening on right now, you can literally hit the share button, copy a link to it, and then paste it to wherever, uh, whatever platform you're on. So please uh, do us a favor and help share the show so we can get these messages out to as many people out there that need them. That's right. All right. Simple well, enough. We'll catch up with you later. All right, guys. Love you. See you.